Welcome to this episode of Now Common Convos. On today's episode, we are talking about avoiding pandemic panic and making smart investments. This episode was recorded on April 13th, 2020. Our guest is Anthony, a wealth and tax planning consultant at King Street Wealth Management and the co-host of the Wise Investor podcast, which is linked in the description. King Street Wealth specializes in corporate tax planning, business development, wealth planning for individuals and families, tax and wealth planning for entrepreneurs and high-performing salespeople and executives as well. We're taught in school how to square a circle, but not how to do our taxes, how to manage a bank account, how to invest wisely, or how insurance or mortgages work. With the wise investor, uh, Anthony and his team help Canadians become more financially literate one post at a time. Again, this is part of our Now Common Convos series, which is recorded live on Instagram every Monday. Please welcome Anthony. So Anthony is here. He is. Um, all right. <laughs> hey. You shaved your head since the last time I saw you. This is the, my quarantine flow. Nice. Love it. And Mark, to answer your question, my shirt says more, more, more. It is a Gary V shirt. <laughs> all right. Cool. So uh, let's start off, Anthony, with a quick intro about who you are and what you do. Um, yeah, sure. I am a entrepreneur out of Toronto. My name is Anthony Chiaravallotti. Uh If you're Italian, it's Chiaravallotti. And uh, we run a small shop over here that does professional services for entrepreneurs. So taxes, accounting, um, financial planning, investments, insurance, lending, that kind of thing. We also do business development with digital marketing, like growth marketing. Awesome. Yeah. And, and Anthony's awesome because he has um, his hands in a few different pots. So he's able to kind of bridge those gaps between industries. And uh, Anthony's an awesome partner. We, we get to collaborate on a lot of different projects and events and stuff like that. Uh, what was really cool was um, a couple months back, you hosted uh, one of the events at Soho at our uh, at the space where we ran our in-person meetups before this happened. Uh, I know. Was, Feels like know, a year ago. It felt like, yeah, feels like it was like a year ago for sure. Um, but that was awesome because you brought all these resources together. So today we're going to touch on a bunch of those things. Um, obviously, I, I mentioned a couple of the programs that are available. So why don't we start uh, quickly with just to get people some of these resources right away. Um, we're going to talk about the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, which is actually meant for individuals. Um, So I wanted to know your thoughts on that and if you think that, you know, how and when that could apply to entrepreneurs. No problem. Yeah, I'm actually just laughing at April's comment there in the... Yes. I I didn't bother pronouncing... I didn't even bother pronouncing that. You're Italian, (laughs) man. You're Italian. You should should know how 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 to pronounce that last name. I should. I should. Okay, so the CERB, so that's... ERB, yeah, so uh, the government essentially figures that it could actually be cheaper for them to uh, pay for people to stay home uh, as opposed to, you know, pay for them in the, in the healthcare industry. So, but also it, there's a lot of Canadians that are living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, that extra $2,000 a month is a massive help to them. So for anybody who 
stopped working because of COVID or they have to stay home because they had to take care of a loved one, then um, the $2,000 a month CERB from the government is available to them. It's actually really easy to apply for. I've done it with like eight, eight to nine, eight, 10 of my clients right now. Nice. And you, you can do it really easily by phoning in. It's an automated service or you can do it online through your CRA account. Uh, and it's also pretty easy to do as well. You just need your thin number and your how much you made on your tax return from last year. And what I've heard from people on social media, um, both through calling and through the web, is that it, it takes a matter of minutes to actually get this process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which is great, considering it's called the emergency response benefit. So that's right. individuals. Um, now, I know a lot of people are... Real quick, real quick on that, Daniel, just because uh, like the rules are pretty strict as to what they're looking for. So you have to have, be making $0 now in order to apply. Um, and if you do apply, they're going to give it to you, but they may ask it for, they may, when you do your final tax return for this year, they may ask for the money back. If you did not qualify, but you yep. took the amount. So make sure you talk with your accountant about whether or not it's good for you. And it is taxable too, which people forget, just like any income that you receive. They, yeah, right. Exactly. Right. So $2,000 a month, they say that, but really the government's really giving you something around like $1,600 a month, $1,500 a month after they take their cut off of the money that they gave you. <laughs> right. Anyway. But at least for the urgent, you know, the current state, if people really need help with, you know, the rent and their expenses, that, that's really helpful if you're not able to work. So if you are able to work, obviously, and you're running your business, um, there's a couple different programs. So um, there's two. One is the Canada Emergency Business Account, and one is the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy. So let's talk about the uh, Canada Emergency Business Account. That's the loan program, right? Yeah, so up to $40,000 you can get. Uh, just direct deposit it into your business account. Uh, you have to apply for it, so they'll... It'll probably vary depending on how much you you make uh, and how much payroll you have and how big your loan will be. But the rule is, is that if you pay it back by December of 2021, uh, you only need to pay back 30,000 of that 40,000. Uh, if you don't pay it back, it's something like a 5% uh, interest rate. And it's actually interest only payment for a, a year or two more before you have to start paying, it converts into a normal loan. So it's pretty advantageous and helpful for a lot of my clients that you know, they, they've gone from X amount of revenue per month down to zero because they're brick and mortar store. Yeah. And now they needed that money to get through this time. So it really helped them there. Um, uh, one thing to know, it's not for every business. You need to actually have staff on payroll that equals more than $50,000 for 2019. Yeah. And not, yeah. and not just contractors either. It needs to be payrolled employees. Yes. That's one of the things um, I've seen a ton of feedback on the comments through um, Twitter and through even uh, Facebook Live and Instagram Live that uh, the minister did, the minister of small business did. And yeah, people are having a lot of issues with that because depending on what type of business they run, they don't necessarily have people on payroll. They, they could have a ton of expenses and have a lot of sales, but not have the, those actual salaried employees. So I think they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to work on, on something for them. But if you look at the 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 uh, loan program itself or sorry not the loan program but if you look at the canada emergency response benefit if those people are no longer able to work for you at least they could be covered personally um by that small benefit in the meantime it's true it's true so that's one of the biggest things like some of my clients have over two hundred thousand dollars a year in contractor payroll 
right. quote unquote, right? So, but they don't get that uh, benefit for it. So, exactly. Uh, okay, and then, so, and, and then the second thing was the, the wage subsidy, right? Yes, yes, the wage subsidy. So that's, uh, it's up to, it's a three month, so up to 12 weeks, they'll, they'll cover wages. I don't know if they'll extend it eventually, but um, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Just talk with your accountant or bookkeeper about this. They'll be able to do the actual deductions at the source on your payroll when you, when you do it. So it's pretty uh, user-friendly in that sense. Yeah, talk to your pay, uh, bookkeeper or accountant on how to get take advantage of that. It's just for businesses that still need to stay open. Because mm -hmm. they're like those essential um, businesses, but their revenue has been still been cut. They can yeah. they get that benefit, which is great. I yeah. tell you, man, like Canada, people forget it all the time. Toronto especially, but Canada in general is a great place to live. Because there's a lot worse countries out there right now. Absolutely. So, yeah, let, let, why don't we touch on the, the general situation right now? So, how are, how are you feeling as, you know, an entrepreneur who works in both, you know, the marketing space, the creative space, and in the finance space? How are things looking from your perspective? Well, uh, the first week was chaos because markets dropped like 30% in one week and I had all my clients calling me. So I was like, markets dropped even before all these government programs came out. So I had yeah. people calling me panicking kind of a thing. And, you know, the number one rule to make money in the when investing is to buy low and sell high. But because of, you know, uh, human behavior, something called cognitive biases, people are afraid of short-term losses. Right. So uh, the first the first knee-jerk reaction when the market goes down is to sell um, because, I don't know, I, I guess people just want to do that because they want to cut their losses. But in actuality, in actuality, you want to be buying more because the stock market is on sale. Like it's that classic um, example of, you know, picture your favorite clothing store. If they had everything on sale for 30 to 40%, you would go there. Right buy up a lot of stuff. I just see Matt Liegio came in here. Um, John Varvatos has this like warehouse sale every single year that he goes to because it's cheap and he buys a shit ton, a lot of clothes during that period of time. It should be like that right now in the stock market. Right now it's on a discount. Take right. advantage. Right. So, wait, the first week was kind of crazy. And then after that, it's kind of stabled out. Right. And, and how have you seen the markets differ from the States to Canada? from the terms of going up and down? No, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, the same. Yeah. Pretty same. Yeah. Like Canada is, and Canada, the United States economy is so tied that there it's pretty much the same. So, so would you say that the cause of these stocks kind of shifting going up and down is based on people uh, based on consumers, not spending or spending differently, or is it more based on the, the way the companies are reacting and what they're doing by taking action with, with jobs and things like that? Yeah, it's a good, uh, so yeah, right. What I think is that this is this, what happened in this market correction right now is different from other ones because there's no fundamental problem in the market. Like what caused the 2008, 2009 recession was mortgage backed securities being uh, lent too much for, um, so that was like a fundamental economic problem we had in 1999. It was like overvaluation in the dot com like era. Right. Everyone was trying to go IPO with websites. But like right now, right. really, what it is is the chain reaction. Like COVID 19 causes people to not be able to go out. People don't go out; they spend less money. They spend less money. Businesses make less revenue. They have to lay people off, which gives people less money to spend. Huh. And it's that it's that you know slippery slope. Of 
Yeah. It, it, but, it, but I, it spirals, right? Exactly. But I think that as soon as uh, everyone starts going back to work, whenever that is, you know, we can speculate that I've spoken to different people on to say when everyone's going to get back to work. But once everyone does get back to work, you should see the economy bounce right back up just as strong, I believe, at least. I'm right. And that's, that's one of the reasons, I think that's one of the reasons that government is trying so hard to actually sustain these businesses now so that they're actually still there and they're able to function and, and, and pop back up when things come back to life. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Okay. Awesome. So when it comes to current investments that people have, um, what should people do? What should they be like? Should they be acting very quickly? Should they be just letting it ride through? What would you, I know it's a, it's a tough question because there's so many types of business that you can invest in. Right. But in, but in general, in the stock market. Um, you so, know, uh, yeah. So, okay. Let's think about how to answer this question. So anything I'm about to say right now may sound like a blanket statement. And before you make any investment decisions, your individual situation may differ than somebody else. So some people may, may be in a perfect position based out of luck or a little bit of planning that right now they're in a great opportunity to actually make money versus other people who nothing, not necessarily any fault of their own, but they may yeah. be not in a position to take so much advantage. What we right. know is that anytime that there's a market decrease, the gap between the rich and the poor gets bigger. We know that. And the difference is really is that the rich, they have capital. So they're able to deploy a lot of money right now into the, in, into investment, right? So if you're not in that situation where you're sitting on some cash right now that you want to invest, yeah. take this as a learning opportunity. And next time that something like this happens, because it's not if, but when, uh, then you'll have money saved up in order to capitalize on this opportunity. That makes sense. Now, if you do have some money saved up, because a lot of people have been reaching out to me and saying, I have $10,000, what do I invest it in, right? You need to think of investing from a top-down approach. So, like, don't care too much about should I invest in Tesla stock or MasterCard or, like, whatever people may be talking about. Yeah. Portfolio managers do this for you, and they do it so well that it's almost impossible for you to beat them. And therefore, there's no point of you even trying. So like either investing with a, the most expensive ways, investing with a financial planner and like a nice diversified portfolio, or there's robo advisor options out there as well, like uh, Wealth Bar and like people, most people know Wealth Simple, right? Those are some really good investing platforms where they'll do all the stock picking and how much should I invest in the United States versus Canada versus Europe versus Asia. They'll do all of that for you. Uh, and they have teams of CFAs that like, make sure that they're able to make those decisions properly, right? Don't try and do something that you don't know how to do. Right, for sure. Especially, yeah, you don't want to take an unnecessary risk from that perspective, right? Yeah. Um, what, you want, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you have enough liquid cash, so like money in your checking account to last you, let's say this goes three months. Can, can you last three months with your right. current income and the expenses that you have? Then once you have that taken care of and put away, then whatever you have left over, if you invest it smart, shoot for the stars right now, like a, a very a growth equities stock portfolio, well diversified, like mutual funds or ETFs. Yeah. And you're, and you're going to look really good in like six months to 15 months from now. Perfect. So that's so investing, obviously investing smart is one of the ways you can take advantage um, of the current situation and kind of going on the on the offense uh, what are, what are a couple of other things that you know entrepreneurs or individuals can do to kind of 
you know, not just sit back and say, oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't know how to react, you know, and pull back. Um, is there anything that you recommend people can take action on? Great question. Great question. And we talk about this, like the difference between a scarcity versus an abundance mindset. And for those that don't know what that is, scarcity mindset is you're thinking about whenever you look at something, you think about how little you have, right? Versus an abundance mindset is you always, when you look at something, even if challenged, you think of the opportunities for growth, right? But you want to take care of yourself first. So if you're a business owner or a personal person, look at your expense, all of your expenses and get rid of the things that are nice to haves and break down what really is a necessity during this period of time. So once you take care of that short term, then if you do have any kind of money saved up, you know, like I know salons that are uh, pivoting and going e-commerce right now, restaurants are, are starting to do drop-offs and like they're taking online orders. So like e-commerce is a great way in order to invest some money if you do have it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so like I've seen a lot of companies that have more of a risk tolerance. Um, they pivoted completely and started an, e e uh, an online shop, you know? Yeah, for uh, sure. That's and one way. I'm, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say for some businesses, it's like they, they know that they could have or should have taken that move. And now is a chance where they're kind of pushed in that direction where they can really take advantage. Yeah, of it, right? exactly. Right. Like you don't know how many business owners. Sorry, we lost your, yeah, no problem. We lost your audio a little bit there. So give give Tony a second. He's just uh, changing up his his microphone situation. He's using a headset, so doesn't always link uh, correctly. Sorry, can you hear me? Yep, you're back. All right, perfect. Yeah, you don't know how. Sorry, guys, just give us a second. So, yeah, Tony, like I said, Tony's using a, a headset, so he's just going to figure out the battery situation and get right back to us. Um, but I think what we were just touching on is how there's so many businesses that haven't, they're kind of, you know, on the fence about being um, proactive about actually getting online. Now it's a time where you can actually it's a necessity almost, right? You physically cannot open your store. So what can you do in the meantime? We've been working with a couple of people. Go ahead, you're back, all right. <laughs> whenever whenever somebody calls me, like I just got a phone call and I got disconnected. So. Oh, okay, no problem. All right, so you're back. So we were talking about, you know, taking, taking advantage of actually getting online and why that's so important right now for these businesses that, you know, have been loafing on that idea, right? Yeah, they've been putting they've been putting it off for so long and now they have no other choice and they yeah. kind of got more time on their hands, right? Yes. So they might as well get going on starting this sooner than later. And especially with the forty thousand dollar loan too, a lot of people now have that that injection of cash in order to get it going. That's what's really interesting too about that loan is that there's there's very few restrictions of what you can spend it on. The idea is to keep your business going. It doesn't just mean you have to use it to keep your operations up. You could also take uh, a step forward in your business too, and invest in something that will help you to earn even more revenue in the future too. Um, I've also seen businesses pivot altogether. So, you know, they're going to offer a totally different service or a totally different product. They're going to use their teams and restructure mm -hmm. what they deliver. And that's great. That does take a lot of, you know, research and thinking and, and you got to act quickly. Um, but one of the cool things with some of the cafes I've, I've seen is um, there's actually one where we had a meeting, uh, 
a long time ago at uh, Early Bird Cafe in uh, mm -hmm. Alpine. And they're doing an online shop where they're actually selling, it's like a, like a pantry type of shop where they're selling like ingredients and, and food products that they wouldn't have normally necessarily carried. Um, and they're selling, you know, DIY kits and stuff like that. So they're- Mark, they I've even seen restaurants doing it too, like a restaurant up the street from here at uh, Langstaff or at Jane and Rutherford. They're, they're doing, uh, they're like, giving you little packages where you can cook Italian food at home nice. with their ingredients. Yeah. Yep. I was like, that's smart. There's the pizza, there's the pizza kits, right? A lot of people are doing that. So it's, it's awesome to see. I know the food industry is, is being hit pretty hard because they, they do have a lot of things that restrict them and confine them to, you know, what they yeah. have to work with. Um, but it's super interesting. Yes. Yeah, so Mr. Social Eats here just commented DIY pizza kits. I know uh, Tonino's Pizzeria in Brampton is uh, one of the, uh, awesome places that he's been uh, working with and promoting. So check out Mr. Social Eats for some good examples on how that's happening. Nice. Um, nice. Okay, so let's let's talk about uh, one of the questions that came through here from Chris and said, uh, what industry mm. uh, can actually take advantage of this pandemic? So what are we what are we thinking here? <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of industries that you can take advantage of right now. Like if you're looking from an investment perspective, any kind of company on the S and P 500 or the Toronto Stock Exchange, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're poised to take advantage during this period of time. So investing in like a an S and P 500 ETF or like a TSX ETF or just a global ETF in general, you'll be fine. But if you're looking to do something like opening your own company, yeah. Just talking about it on our team meeting this morning, like e-commerce companies that have to do with like at home necessities, so like bed sheets, furniture, home appliances, food, cooking, that kind of stuff. Um, so if you ever wanted to jump into e-commerce, now is probably a good opportunity for you to do that. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to see a, a ton of new people that enter the space now and maybe they'll, they'll continue and become big afterwards as well. I think this is going to change fundamentally the way that retail is done, right? Like instead of locking in leases for five to 10 years, I think pop-ups are going to become more uh, the usual. And I think that a lot of businesses are going to try to be less reliant on brick and mortar stores so that if, when this happens again in the future, they won't be so exposed. I think real estate, yeah, real estate is definitely something that's going to be I'm more in the commercial real estate. That's going to be a huge, huge disruption. Um, there are there are a couple of uh, resources that are kind of going around now um, from real estate companies that are putting stuff out there to try to um, show you know give tips and, and how to negotiate with your with your landlord how to renegotiate your lease and what you can realistically do because we know that you know those those people who own those properties those investments they're not just gonna you know let them go to zero right they they need to figure out something that will work. Um, now, obviously, I know different municipalities and the provinces are actually trying to advocate and encourage landlords to, you know, give their tenants a break or put things on hold. But, you know, it's not, it's not always possible right now. So I do, I did read an article about um, in May 1st that they said over 75% of Toronto businesses that have storefronts are actually not going to be able to pay their full rent on May 1st. So that's literally a couple weeks away. I believe it. 70, I believe it. 75%. So that's huge. So obviously, you know, something, something has to, to happen there. I think that's why the government is working actively to, to work on something for this. Right. What this, what this does is it's a 
equalizer. A lot of businesses that were <clears throat> kind of like operating from like on a shoestring, you know, like they were barely getting by. They're going to, yeah. a lot of businesses are going to go out of business because of this. You know, it's unfortunate, but I hope that it reminds people that do survive that one, it's going to be really good. Once this is all over, business is going to be very good. Um, so there's that to look forward to. And then the second thing is, is that you have to keep an emergency fund. And that's, this is going to remind people that the government can't always be there to step in. Luckily we live in Canada. It's amazing, but like yeah, yeah. businesses and people should have an emergency fund for when things like this happen, they can get through and also capitalize. Right. So I for hope sure. this is the lesson that people really take out of this. It is, it is tough too for, especially for small businesses that are kind of just starting out, they need to put all the resources into, into that one thing. Right. And, and one of the challenges I think um, that I've seen people post about is this, a lot of the funding doesn't apply to them if they just started up. Well, like you said, it is kind of the equalizer. Maybe it's, maybe they have to shut that business down for now and reopen in the future. Right. Because not, yeah. that, not every there's, business, there's... I was going to say not every business has enough legs to stand on that when this does happen, they're going to exist afterwards. Right. It's unfortunate, but it, it's true. You're absolutely right. And even for businesses that just started too, now is a great opportunity to start a business because <laughs> at the bottom, at the bottom of an economic recession, like that's, this is the best time to start a business and yeah. think and think less about like, I'm going to raise, you say this all the time, Daniel, think less about, I'm going to raise a million dollars and how can I spend that million dollars that I raise and more like bootstrap? How can I, for the most minimal viable product, the minimal overhead produce the maximum amount of revenue? Right, right, right. That's a great way of, uh, of wording it. Uh, okay, so Mark asked a question here about, uh, do we think that we'll experience another boomer generation as a result of the pandemic? Uh, and if so, uh, how can we expect it to affect our economy? Wow, <laughs> that's a big question. You know what's funny? You know funny is that I was with my brother last night and like I was saying bye to him yeah. and we shook hands and as we were shaking hands, shaking hands, I was like, that's the first time I shook someone's hand in over three weeks. Wow. There you go. See? Yeah, personally, yeah, I've, I've obviously avoided shaking hands. It's been like a month. But that changes, a, literally changes the business practice of like going to a meeting, starting off with shaking someone's hand. Maybe people are going to shy away from that, you know, once this is over. Who knows, right? You're right. Yeah. So I'm just reading some of the comments over here. Yeah. People are sure. Thanks, Shane. Thanks. Thanks, Shane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kiefer said that businesses will shut down, but new businesses, new concepts will start. Like you said, right. You kind of alluded to that. It's kind of a refresh of these new ideas. People will think of new ways of doing things as well. Right. Um, okay. So one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, with you as well is that, you know, it's we're, we're working actually you know what we'll dive into what natalie said first um so she said that businesses are finding it uh tough on this issue employees want to be laid off to access the cerb so how should they deal with that and I, i've actually seen this situation too with some people i know where they want to they want their employer to give them the call either lay me off or not but don't just cut our hours things like that right Do you have it is a difficult situation yeah. Um, because especially for part-time employees that are making less than $2,000 a month, it's like, well, I could make more money if I was just laid off. And 
there's really nothing wrong with that. Um, and if you are a business owner, you either need to take advantage of that 75% wage subsidy or it's a finesse play, you know? I don't know. I don't know the right answer to that yeah. one. That's a difficult yeah. one. It is, yeah. It, it is difficult. And a lot of times I've seen it's been frustrating in the construction industry, especially because people, you know, that work for large, uh, large developments, you know, they see how some people around them, some sites are shutting down. They, some of them are scared. They want to go home. Some of them are like, no, we want to work and get our full salaries because we're being safe. And this was before the government kind of put out their legislation, right? So not every industry has that much restrictions, but for the people who are kind of in the, on the front lines, um, they have that option of deciding, hey, I'm not going to work anymore, right? Um, but people still have expenses and bills to pay. So that's where you do have to work it out with your employer because you can't just quit and then get this ERV. You have, there has to be a reason why you're not, why you're not working anymore, right? Exactly. It can't be, it cannot be voluntarily that you yeah. just wanted to stay home. Yeah. And the only, to answer this guy's questions here, if you work full-time and have a part-time job, can you still apply for the CERB? No, you can't. You have to be making zero dollars in order to uh, get it on a monthly basis. Yeah. That is one of the things that people are advocating for. Um, if they have some income, for example, uh, let's say that they have, you know, a small freelance gig that they do here and there, or, you know, they made some money in the last month or so. Um, they want to know, like, how can we still apply? So I think the government is looking at that feedback. They haven't come up with something yet. Um, yeah, they have been, they have been uh, talking about that, but no updates yet. And as long, they've also been looking at stuff for, um, for students as well, right? Because students, you know, they're in a unique situation where they obviously don't have a lot of savings. Most of their money is, is spent on school and other expenses. And so um, they're working on a program as well. Uh, for students. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a bit of a discussion here happening in the comments about what you had just talked about, right? About the situation yeah, about, yeah. you know, temporary employees, part-time employees, things like that. There is also, they're making some adjustments to the summer program as well. So you can, if you're hiring summer students, for example, they're changing, you know, how much of that can be covered. Um, companies only used to be able to, they only used to cover 50% of the summer wages of minimum wage. And now they're bringing that up to 100% in some cases. Um, the only issue is that you would have already had to you know, apply for that program as well. Um, but that is a challenge is summer internships. I don't know if you've seen online, I see a lot of, on LinkedIn, I've seen a lot of people posting that their internship has been canceled, their co-op has been canceled. Yeah. Um, for, for us, we're still doing stuff remotely. We still, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we did our orientation for our summer crew. Uh, what about you guys? We actually stopped the summer program too because um, pretty much we stopped it last semester. We were going to pick it up again in the summer potentially, but just didn't make sense for us as, you know, we're not in the office anymore. So yeah, yeah. have to take on interns. But what I want to say about that is that now probably is the best time to go work for someone for free because you're getting paid from the CERB and you could go and now's that time where, well, I'm going to go work for someone for free to get better so that when these, when this, when the economy gets a lot better and starts to get up and running again, you have more skills and connections than you did beforehand. For sure. That's a really, that's a really good, uh, experience, a really good, sorry, way to work the system, right? You're, you're going to be, you have the time anyways, if you can't earn the money, you can still be, you can still get that experience. Plus you could also be compensated for your living expenses because you're not working, right? So that's that's a super interesting way of, of 
looking at it. Uh, Natalie's about to say something. What's she going to say? <laughs> uh, after that, though, I, I do have a question. Yeah, for sure. Take this time to get experience. A lot of people, I'll, I'll talk about, like, people that are trying new things, side projects, they're launching them, right? Um, I'll bring up, you know, Mr. Social Eats again. He, he usually does food content, obviously. Um, and he's, he's doing a lot of takeout and doing that at home, but he's also launched a, po a podcast called the quarantine life where he's like doing <laughs> daily interviews with people in this new series. Right. So, um, people are kind of finding new ways to, to use their time as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. Take advantage of this. Now at the same time, it's, he's a lot easier said than done. Even myself, like motivation wise, I'm not as hungry as yeah. I was six weeks ago when I was driving around and meeting people. It's just a different but you'll get there eventually. People will get used to it, and then they'll be able to come out of this stronger. I I, yeah, th that for sure. I agree. Like the, for me, at least the momentum is an issue. Like I have this like constant momentum when I'm like, you know, driving from place to place, you know, having my dedicated days at the studio, we're going to do interviews, we're going to meetings, podcast recordings, presentations, <laughs> workshops. That's the kind of stuff that keeps a lot of entrepreneurs driven and, and going, right? So when you pull mm -hmm. all that back, yeah, we can do awesome, you know, we can have a bit of that conversation here and, and provide some value to people here, but it's not the same as kind of living the rest of our, our entrepreneurial lifestyle, right? So I think productivity mm -hmm. is going down for some people, but others are coming up with amazing ideas that they wouldn't have otherwise thought of at all, right? So Exactly. Um, so which one are you going to be? That's the question. That's what everyone needs to ask. Which one of those two are they going to be? Exactly, exactly. So Kiefer asked, what have we learned because of COVID? And how are we changing the ways that we do things moving forward? So have you made any kind of adjustments yet? Or will you be? Yeah, one personal thing is that I realized that I need to kind of be a little bit more better at being just, just being like by my not to get like a hippie, just like being <laughs> without kind of stimulation, you know, right. being alone, just like reading a book not having always something to do or someone to see. And then from a business perspective is that I learned that business can be conducted. I would say 30 to 60% of a business's monthly expenses are unnecessary. And COVID-19 has taught me that. Right, right. We can still operate completely fine <clears throat> with less of the expenses that I thought before we absolutely needed. Starting with an office. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that was my next question, which we can just jump into, which was because um, we talked about the financial situation a lot of businesses find themselves in. We're talking about how to get money and get these credits and benefits. But a huge thing is how can you cut costs, right? So right away for, for us, we for now Creative Group, we looked at some of the subscriptions, some of the services we have that we don't need to use anymore, right? We won't need those. Uh, there's a couple that uh, one of them actually switched to be free for the next two months, which is great for us. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that we don't need. And of course, put our office membership on hold. That's another thing. You guys lucked out because you had just, you were about to switch offices right at the time. Um, I know Natalie's putting, you know, 1 million percent because she also recently got rid of her <laughs> office too. So it's like, you get to you really get to validate that idea of like what do you actually need now for sure i would prefer to go somewhere to work every once in a while i don't want to be at home every day all day i'm not as productive that way but i totally understand that you can look at what are those real expenses that you need right and 
I don't know if you do you have any other examples of, of things that you've maybe stopped spending on or are spending less on? Just like driving, like my gas bill is usually like $500 a month and it's nothing. I don't even think I filled it up once, right? Like parking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but even just if you take into account, if you value your time as an opportunity cost, driving, like yeah. I, mean, I have, I probably have anywhere between one to three more hours a day. Cause you have the thing, it's driving, but then the breaking of your concentration, right. like you break right. your concentration. Okay. Now I got to start up again. That eats away at time. 100%. So it's easier to get into the state of flow and to be actually like deep, do some deep work <laughs> and do some focus work for sure. Um, I am finding though that like the number of hours in my day that I am actually able to focus is, is reduced. I'm doing more throughout the day spaced out, but like I don't have that, you know, six to 10 hours of just focus. Right. Um, a lot of that is because there's, there's different challenges that are coming up. There's different things to address. So you're in a different environment. Um, you know, there's maybe more distractions. I know a lot of people are, are having uh, some of the, some of the issues. So we have a question about business development. So how are we doing business development right now during this, during this time? And also before we dive, before we dive into that, I just want to answer the question that uh, car insurance companies are, uh, you are able to save money on that. So call your car insurance provider and uh, ask them what options are in place for when you're not even driving your car. That's true. If, if you're not driving your car at all, there are there are definitely options where you could switch your switch your plan for sure. Just keep in mind that if you do end up having to do, you know, that one trip to go drop something off or something one day, you, you need to make make sure that you reactivate that uh, insurance for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, sorry, back to the business development question. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just lead with the fact that, you know, business development has it still has to happen, obviously. Um, it's changed a little bit. Um, April and I have been discussing as well, you know, what our new approach is. And we, we, we've modified our approach. We know exactly what we're doing with that. But for most people, they're, they're kind of unsure about how to act right now. So in your, in your experience, what would you say um, people should consider? Um, or actually, what are you guys doing for business development right now? We're spending more. Uh, well, okay, the first one month, we took a big hit. The company took a hit. Um, because we had to transition, all those things that I said. How can we yeah. take the expenses that we have, cut them, figure out where we want to allocate money, create a two, three-month budget, right? But then I see a lot of companies uh, pivoting and actually going more on the offensive. Like I see realtor companies like um, one of my clients, North Group Realty out of the city, they're going online seminars. They're doing uh, virtual um, viewings and things like that, right? They're still going hard. And then a lot of other businesses too. It's just a matter of figuring out what is the necessity right now. And it could be completely different than what it was six months ago. And then pivoting and going hard on that. LinkedIn is, is booming more now than ever. Zoom meetings. I have like four meetings a day through Zoom. <laughs> if it's, if, if, I would never be able to do four meetings a day because I had to drive in between all those meetings, right? Right, right for sure. And it's, and it's less of a commitment to just jump on a quick phone call. Uh, and then building content, creating content online is a big one as well. Now you have a lot more free time on your hands, create content, video content, thing, things like this. Yep. You're doing a great job every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we, we see exactly. We see the opportunity. Sometimes it's a way to replace stuff that, that was happening before. And sometimes it's launching something totally different. Um, Natalie says, <laughs> be seen as often as possible. Um, 
I totally agree. You know what? They're not going to see you at events. They're not going <laughs> to see you at their office. They're not going to see you at meetings. So how are you going to make yourself seen, right? Put out more newsletter content, do lives, be a guest on other people's lives, you know, put out valuable content. And, and I will add a little bit of a caution to that is that your content shouldn't necessarily be all about COVID and coronavirus because that wasn't your business beforehand. So right. don't turn into, you know, don't turn that into your business. Um, but I, but I totally see the need for these, for these valuable resources and how it's a unique thing, right? If you can figure out a way to help people cope, that's niche to your industry. By all means, that's, that's totally valuable. Um, and that's something, that's something I want to say too about business development. Take this as an opportunity. I, if you're a business owner, or even if you're not, just like a, if you're a leader in general of any kind of vertical, take this as a time as you have more time on your side to kind of reevaluate things. I know Chris, our PPC manager, he spent the weekend kind of reevaluating how he deals with his freelancers or how he structures his uh, monthly um, reporting and things like that. Right. Like, right. right. I put off, I put off doing my taxes for three months. So Mark and I are, are doing our, are setting up our financial systems. We're creating scalable processes for ourselves because we know it's going to get better. Right. So how can we create processes and systems within our company so that when things do get better, we can scale and be more efficient and more profitable. Now, now is a great time to revisit processes and, and like I said earlier, the tools and software that you're actually using too. Hi, Chris. <laughs> uh, so one of the things we started using because we're not together as a team, uh, we're using something called 15 5. Uh, I think I mentioned it to you before. Uh, what is that? Anthony. So 15 5.com. Basically, it's a way to get um, feedback from your team. And ah. you can ask your team different questions. So it's like, you know, it's for culture, it's for team building, it's for employee management. Um, and because you're not in a room together, a lot of those casual conversations and check ins don't always happen, right? You guys are great. I know you do. Uh, a morning call uh, every single morning with your team, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but fifteen five also allows it to be a little bit anonymous too, where you know they're not they might not say something if there's an issue they're facing. Then they might not say it on a call, but they'll put it on the fifteen five. So um, what's really cool if you're a, you know a business owner or a manager or an entrepreneur, you can put in different questions um, that in a, in a big huge bank of questions, and then each week it'll send out a different version of those questions or a different question to your team so good way to keep it to keep a pulse on your team's morale right keep a pulse and they can rate different things right they can rate their own productivity their own you know what went well this week for them what didn't go well um and so yeah it's great if you're managing a remote team in general and 15.5 i think they made it completely free until june so it's something that you know is worth uh, hmm. worth a try we actually used it years ago um but I guess the cost per person uh, ended up adding up because we just, you know, wanted to put our whole team on there, all our contractors on there too. Um, so we, you know, we ended up opting out of it, but now definitely take advantage of something like that. Um, other... because, to that because to that point now more than ever, if you are working with a team, you have to go out of your way to like, it just in general right now, yeah. you have to go out of your way to kind of keep in contact with people that you'd usually see in passing on a day to day. Right. So. For sure. That's a good way of doing that yeah. with your work. You're missing all those casual conversations and opportunities to connect with someone, right? I wonder if there would be a good application for that with like families, you know, right. you know, like dysfunctional families, like me, me and my family, we argue with each other every once in a while in this quarantine, right? Maybe we send out a weekly yeah. thing. <laughs> anyway, that's just a, 
it's a business opportunity. Write that one down for us. There you go. I've heard people talking about that too. Like they, they need a bit of a break with, you know, they're not going to bring up every issue to their family as it's happening. Cause they don't want to create more, more of a, more tension or whatever, but there you go. 15 and five for, for families. For um, families. So, yeah. So I guess, are there any other tips you have from a business development standpoint or maybe something that you would tell you would advise people not to do uh, right now? Uh, right now, do not try to pretend that you're all of a sudden good at something that you're not good at. Like, <clears throat> um, for example, like if you've never invested before, now is not the time to be investing on your own, right? Right. Hire a professional. If not business development, maybe hire somebody, maybe, you know, uh, try and work with somebody who is a professional on these types of things. Like you wouldn't not hire a plumber to fix a plumbing system in your house. Right. So. You can actually be counterproductive if you start uh, being penny-wise dollar foolish in this uh, time, right? Because you want to try and save costs. Know the things that you should hire somebody for and then cut on the other things that you don't need, right? Because some people are, I got to save money, right? And they'll cut things that will hurt you in the long run. So don't get don't get too short-sighted right now because things are going to bounce back and business in life is a marathon. So still think long term and don't get too caught up in the short sightedness of people right now. I think that that's important. That's really important. And even right when this started, um, <laughs> when we spoke, Anthony, you you had said that right away. You kind of identified that you know it's going to be a longer term thing. The, the, you know, there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Right now, everyone is in in this crazy panic reactive mode. Um, whether they know how to react or not, they, they feel like they need to do something, right? Um, yeah, that's true. And so at least, you know, you, you kind of remind us that we have that perspective, you know, things are gonna, things are gonna pan out, they're gonna, they're gonna change, obviously, but, you know, we don't have to, to, to go nuts right now if, if we can keep things at status quo. Um, and as we talked about earlier, there's definitely some opportunities for people to you know, really actually make more money and dive into new businesses um, people are starting, like I said, new projects, new side businesses as well. Um, yeah, now's the time that if you've been on the sidelines thinking about investing, <clears throat> whether that be in stocks or a real estate investment, now may be the time for you to jump and take action. Like the human race has been through a lot worse things than what we're going through right now. And we made it out perfectly fine. So um, it's not the end of the world. Right. So Anthony, if you, on that note, if you could, if you could say, you know, um, how or where to invest $10,000 right now. Um, you kind of touch on some examples. What's one, what's one place or a couple blanket, places you put that? Blanket statement is go to wealthsimple.com, create a Wealthsimple account, and open up a stock portfolio that is diversified. Okay, a diversified stock portfolio. It's not, it's not sexy. It's not sexy because most people want like, oh, I should invest in like, credit card industry or I should invest in European banks. There's already smart people that are doing that and you're too late. Right. Like the smart investment bankers and portfolio managers were investing in these like speculative investments like that you're probably hearing from your uncle or your or your cousin or your friend. They they did that three weeks ago. When everyone was selling, people were investing in all these things now. If you think that you're gonna try and like make a lot of money by investing in one stock right now, you're too late. And it's a, lo it's a lot more risky than the chances of you go like winning on that investment. So a diversified stock portfolio, 
Wealthsimple offers them, Questrade offers them, your bank offers them, and your financial planners offer them. Thanks. Okay. And then obviously you'd recommend <clears throat> if people do want to either get into business um, or potentially invest, they should look into the industries that are currently thriving as a result of COVID or through this. They're not, they're not actually taking a hit at all. Um, there are mm -hmm. a few, we know that obviously grocery business specifically, Loblaws is having record uh, volume. And as a result, they're able, to, you know, they're, they're a big enough infrastructure where they can handle that. But they're also offering things to the community. They're, they're announcing all kinds of donations and, and, and funds and gift. They're giving away $5 million worth of gift cards. So that's a business where they're very established. But like you said, there are some industries that are not seeing a hit at all. Is, would you say insurance is one of them too? Or, or are they going to be taking a hit too? I don't know many people that do like car and auto insurance, but I would assume they're doing well, like life insurance and stuff. That's a tough game in general. Yeah. What, what I would say is don't try and be opportunistic where you're trying to chase the, 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 the next shiny thing, right? Like yeah. if you're a realtor, figure out how to adapt yourself to be a better realtor in this current situation. If you're a restaurant, you know, don't start like selling home equipment or something like that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, know that like you you're on your your way of mastery in a certain industry or skill set and in two years from now it's going to still be there right so instead of trying to just you know all, all of a sudden start selling purell or something like that like probably not <laughs> yeah right 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 uh that makes sense for sure and and we also from an ethical perspective too right we don't want to be taking advantage of the situation and and gouging people when we know that you know this is something that's really needed so that has been yeah. happening thankfully in ontario there's a whole you know anti-gouging campaign our premieres is coming down hard on companies who are you know selling things for three four times the price which is yeah. which is important as well um last question. again canada is a great place to live another example right there there you go uh last question i have and if anyone else has any final questions feel free to throw them in the question box or the chat uh, it's about pricing. So I saw a really great thread on this uh, a week ago in an entrepreneur group on Facebook. And the question was about someone discounting their service because of mm. the situation. And they just wanted to proactively, you know, offer that discount. They thought they should or they had to maybe. Um, now, overwhelmingly, the comments were not to discount. And I was just, you know, I was curious to know what your what your thoughts are. I know it's a very well. I understand. Was this like a design or a marketing thread? No, it wasn't actually. It was just I think, in general. Yeah, it was a general entrepreneurship. These were, and it was uh, someone who was like a service provider. Okay, because typically the you know artists are like, don't discount my price, but I know what I'm <laughs> worth. Better. But from a game theory perspective, like from a strategic business owner perspective, or just like as a freelancer. If you have a client that pays you $3,000 a month or something like that, yeah. would you rather $0 or $1,500 a month? Exactly. And most people would say they'd rather $1,500. So that's up for you. That's up to the person to decide, right? Like we had five clients on retainer. We gave a lot of them that were having a hard time discounts because we would rather some cash flow than no cash flow at all. Yeah, 100%. That is that's critical, right? You have to be able to make the call if it's still worth your time to be able to do that or if it's still if the costs are still going to work out. <clears throat> but if you have low costs and you're a service provider, I would obviously, you know, yeah, yes. at least I would say in my perspective it's worth doing the work at a discount at this point. 
And to be clear, we need to make sure that it's, you know, we're letting our, our customers know that this is being discounted because we want to help. Yeah, that's important. Right? Yeah. It's not just, yeah, you ask for a discount. Sure, we'll give you a discount because there's a reason that our services are, are priced the way they are, right? Yeah, give them a, just like the time frame as the the government is giving, you know, what we're offering this rate until June 30th or June 15th or June 1st. Another thing I want to say about that too, is that most of our, the people listening are probably younger. And yeah. right now is an opportunity for you to undercut the big players that you're compete that you're constantly competing with that can't discount their rate because they have so much overhead. So if you're like a, a small size blank, I don't know. Yeah. If you're a small size service-based business, yeah. let's say a professional services firm and you're trying to compete with Deloitte or whatever, that they can't discount their rate. But the business owners are still, the clients of Deloitte are still losing revenue. This is your opportunity to go in really cheap, show what you, go back to that work for free thing, go in really cheap, show your worth, and then when revenues start going back up, you'll be able to charge more in the future. This is a good opportunity to steal business from other people. I love that. Yeah, I think I think that's super important. That's that's a great way to kind of wrap things up. Um, do you have anything else that, that you want to share, Anthony, or is that it? You guys, anyone who does care, you can follow me at The Wise Investor. Um, it's my financial literacy page. We post all of this kind of stuff. Yes. Daniel, Daniel, April, and I have an episode on there of our podcast. You can check that out as well. It's pretty interesting. But yeah, that's it. Thanks for having me on, Daniel. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thank you so much, uh, Anthony. Obviously, everyone, if you have any other questions, feel free to reach out through uh, DMs. You can you can message us. And if it's something for Anthony, I'll make sure I pass that question along. And keep, uh, yeah, keep posted. Turn on your notifications. Next Monday, we're going to have another discussion at 1.30. Thank you so much, Anthony. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.